So it seems like in these unprecedented times, I too am doing something unprecedented. I guess it was precedented uh, when I started doing this podcast, but now I think I'm like three weeks in a row. I've had something. Two out of the three weeks I've had interviews, and that includes uh, today. So thank you for um, putting this on. It's uh, Too Lazy to Write with your host uh, in quarantine uh, survivor, I guess. We're all quarantined or we're all in lockdown. Um, Me, the real John Baker. And this week... Oh, this week, our travels took us out to Los Angeles, California, the city of angels, the Paris of the Midwest, the, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Um, Anyway, I spoke with, um, it, it always seems to be, I spoke with an old friend. I did. I know a lot of people Um, yourself included, who have done some, you know, pretty neat things. So this week I called up uh, Jay Shore. He's a guy who uh, I knew from Ottawa. Great guy. Um, And his father also would probably be somebody I I, I should interview because his dad is a neat dude too. Um, But uh, Jay, uh, as you're going to find out, was a uh, practicing lawyer in Toronto. And then he said, you know what? I got to try something new. And uh, as you're going to find out, uh, he moved out to Los Angeles and started something new. And it's pretty interesting. So I want you to give it a listen. And um, then I'll come back at the end and I'm probably going to say, that was great, wasn't it? Because that's sort of one of my crutches. But I'm going to do that. So um, here it is. It was uh, done just the other day on the weekend. Jay Shore and I chatting on the phone and nothing crapped out. So it was actually on my end. Uh, technically uh, a good interview, but it was just great to catch up with him. He's a super guy, and uh, I think you're going to agree. You know, he had a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff to say, so here it is. Well, this is really nice of you to join me on my podcast, and hopefully your fan base will listen, which will expand my fan base. Um, I hope they listen, too. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know I had a fan base. Oh, you do. You do. Um, <laughs> so... I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell the people who are listening, I'm talking to Jay Shore in Los Angeles. Um, Jay and I knew each other from Ottawa, Hillel, and around, I guess, right? Yeah, Hillel Academy, baby. And then, uh, and then you moved out to Los Angeles. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> wow, are you ever? Jeez. Yeah, I don't need that middle school and, and uh, university, unless you feel it's important to talk to, talk about. Um. I mean, I kind of had a midlife crisis early. That's why I moved out to oh. Los Angeles. Um, okay. I, uh, I went to <clears throat> Ottawa U Law School, and, um, you know, half my family are lawyers, including my dad, who's good friends with your dad. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, so I went to law school because I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And then um, I woke up. And it was seven years later, and I was practicing law in Toronto. <clears throat> and I was, you know, one of those lawyers who didn't love the law, you know. And you talk to half the lawyers that you know, and half of them love it and got into it for the right reasons, and half kind of end up leaving law because it kind of has that effect on people because it's so difficult. Okay. And I was one of those people, and what I always wanted to do was write. 
mm-hmm. and I always loved and I always loved comedy. And so I thought to myself when I hit around, I think it was thirty five. I was like, if I don't um, make this move and make this change in my life now, I probably never will. And so, in the space of three weeks, I broke with my girlfriend. I put my condo up for sale, and I bought a one-way ticket to Los Angeles. That was in 2007. And you never looked back? I never looked back. Just just curious, though, like the breaking up with the, with the girlfriend, was that n- necessary, or was that going to happen either way? It was going to happen anyway. Okay. It was going to happen okay. anyway, yeah. <laughs> That wasn't like, look, sweetie, I'm leaving everything behind, including you. <laughs> everything behind, yeah. I'm burning it all down. <laughs> so then you, you moved out to Los Angeles with a, a young man yeah. with a dream. Not so young, but yeah. Not so young. Um, and like you said, you've been there ever since. And now we're pretty much the same age. So you've been there for well over a decade. Yeah, I moved out in um, in April of 2007. So I've been here for uh, 13 years. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and what, was, what was it like when you got there? Like how, how did you find – I know you've written for some TV shows, which we're going to talk about, and you do stand-up. Yeah. So how did that evolve? Like how did you just end up doing that? Well, um, I basically moved out and uh, I gave myself two years to quote unquote make something happen. Okay. Um, and by that, I just meant like to myself as I sort of planned it out. I was like, I have to like get a job where I'm making money in some way in the arts, like whether it's selling a script or getting on a TV show or um, as a, you know, as a writer's assistant or something. And my first year of being in LA, so basically from 2008, 2007, sorry, to 2008, I couldn't get anybody to read anything Mm -hmm. because, you know, I knew a few people, but it really is like, you need to know people in order to um, meet other people and and then the right people. And it's really hard to get people to read your stuff. That is just the hardest thing to do. Um, as a as a screenwriter it it really is especially when you're kind of showing up like i did you know 35 and really with not a ton of contacts Mm -hmm. but then um i and so i just i spent that first year just writing my butt off i just wrote and wrote and wrote and got better at better at the craft and then i wrote a script um with a writing partner that i met out there who happened to be canadian and through a friend of a friend, I got it into the hands of uh, Rawson Thurber, and he wrote and directed the movie Dodgeball. Okay. And since he he's now directing all the movies with The Rock, like oh. Central Central Intelligence and like all those sort of big temple movies, Rawson Thurber writes and directs. Okay. And oh. so the long story the long story made short. And by the way, John, stop me if I'm being like too detailed or if I'm oh no boring, not at all if I'm boring you or whatever. No no not at all. I want to um, hear about this. So feel free to like jump in and like shut you're, me up. You're boring me, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that a lot. No, but um, okay. but basically, you know, because I had a friend who knew Rawson, that really opened the door for me and. Um, Essentially, he read it and responded to the script. It was about two Jewish nerds who become the world's most unlikely gigolos, oh. and the name the name of the script was Mofos. Okay. And it was uh, it was really fun. It was like an R-rated comedy, sort of like think super bad, but like 
Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill like five years later. Sure. Essentially. Okay. And they become gigolos. Okay. <laughs> so um, Rawson really liked the script and obviously he was someone who, you know, had some credibility in, in the industry and he gave us some notes and he was like, hey, um, you know, we, are you interested in doing these notes? And we were like, uh, yeah, we'll yeah. do these notes. We'll stay up like 24 hours a day for, you know, however long it takes and, and do them. And so we did them and he's like, hey, you guys knocked it out of the park. And um, how would you feel if I gave this to my agent at CAA? And we were like, uh, again, we would feel great. Yeah. <laughs> so he did. And because he essentially walked us into CAA, um, they read it with kind of different, through different glasses, you know, like right. we had like almost instant credibility. And um, like four days later, we were signed to CAA. Wow. And, um, and what happened with that script is they sent it around to like 20 people. And, um, and one of the companies that read it was Imagine, which is Ron Howard and Brian Grazer's company. Mm -hmm. And they ended up optioning the script um, from my writing partner and I. And so that was obviously, that obviously met my criteria of making something happen within my first two years. That was like a year and three quarters of, of the way through. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can talk, I can talk to you about the development process or you can, you can shut me up and I can go on to well, this this Whatever. film obviously it, it has yet to be made, right? I haven't. So so yeah, tell film, me about the development process. Yeah, so the development process, um, it was long and laborious. Um, we probably rewrote the film. Honestly, it feels like between thirty and forty times mm -hmm. in a year and a half period, and then. As often happens with these projects that get, you know, that get into development, you know, some like one executive kind of falls out of love with it, and then that kind of infects the other executives, and then it kind of loses heat, and then before you know it, it's 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 not happening anymore, and so essentially our option period expired without them having actually made the movie. Okay, and so like what your listeners may want to <clears throat> or may be interested in is, you know, this happens so, so much, like so many projects, you know, go into development quote unquote and get optioned and even sold outright, but very, very, very few actually get made. Right. You know, like probably I would say between like zero and five or 6%. But that being said, you know, we made a, quite a nice living um, off the option and then getting paid to rewrite it. I mean, it was it was nice. I mean, it it, it was enough to kind of put wind in my sails mm -hmm. um, and feed me and house me for, you know, almost three years, um, which was great. You know, it was great. It was my first thing, and it kind of got me, um, got me, you know, to a great agency and... But yeah, listen, the, the Grand Slam would have been, hey, we're making the movie, and then it did well, and you know, then, then of course you make a lot, a lot more money even from right. that. But that didn't happen. But you, you have gone on to write stuff that people would have seen. Yes, yes. I've worked on, I think I've worked on, to be honest with you, I've lost count. I think I've worked on either nine or ten 
television shows. Okay. Um, most of which you haven't heard of, just because of the uh, just the explosion of content in the last, you know, five ten years. Yeah. Um, but a couple of you may. Um, I worked on. I'm kind of jumping around in time here. But well, that's can, okay. I'm pulling can, up your IMD, I'm pulling up your IMDb page <laughs> right now. So. By the way, my IMDb my IMDb DB page is about half complete. Okay. There's 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 other stuff on there that uh, there's other stuff that I've done that is not on there. But um. But Franklin and Bash. Frank, yeah, Franklin and Bash is probably the one that because that aired in Canada. So, um, I'm sure your listeners have heard. Sure. Of that show. Um, and yeah, that was that was really fun. Um, it was it starred Mark Paul Gossler and Brecken Meyer. Mark Paul Gossler was, of course, Zach from Saved by the Bell. Who I was actually hoping to meet at um, AwesomeCon here in Washington, D.C., but it's canceled. Oh, really? Yeah, they were doing a Saved oh. by the Bell reunion. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they oh, were... and they were all going to be in Washington? That's funny. Um, I think it was him and um, maybe Elizabeth Kelly Kapowski. Berkeley. No, Kelly. no. Oh, Elizabeth Berkeley. Oh, it was funny. Elizabeth Berkeley and um, Mario Lopez. And probably Funny. Mr. Belding. I'm going to assume Mr. Belding just Mr. Belding, yeah, what? just because he has nothing else going on. Yeah, I think I saw him on something where he played like a sex killer, and it was just oh, yeah, it wasn't. I didn't. It didn't sit well with me. Right. I was. A, I was a big Saved by the Bell fan. Big Saved by the Bell. Fan. Did you? Yeah. Listen. I mean, tons of people were. I wasn't. I actually never watched it. Um, oh. But. Uh, no, so, yeah. So obviously, I got to know got to know Mark, um, and uh, no, really nice guy. You know, but but I'll tell you, I was more excited. So their the the guy who played their boss on the show was Malcolm McDowell. Okay, yeah. I, I actually I have a Malcolm McDowell experience too. Oh, I'm I'm excited to hear it because um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my experience with him. It freaked me out. So badly, I thought I was going to get fired on my first day. Okay. Because I, you know, like, I was pretty excited, you know, A Clockwork Orange. I mean, that's like in the Pantheon, right? Yeah. And he's done other stuff, too, and he's just an awesome actor, and he's just like, he's kind of iconic, really. Yeah. And um, so I made the mistake of asking him about uh, being in that movie and he got this look on his face. And part of it was, by the way, messing with the, the new writer. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like my first real big job on a TV show. And I think he was kind of effing with me a bit. But he got this look on his face. And by the way, this was in front of, like, the two showrunners, too. Okay. And uh, he, he just, like, he got this dark look on his face. And he really looked like he was, like, pissed off. And he's like, don't mention that movie to me. That Stanley Kubrick mother effer owes me a million bucks. <laughs> and then he stormed out of the room, and my jaw hit the floor. And I was like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny because um, when – so, I mean, my experience was I, you know, I, I asked him a question at, at a comic convention. <laughs> But okay. but I asked him a question. I had heard him uh, do an interview where he talked about his friendship with Brian Johnson of ACDC. Mm-hmm. So he oh he, interesting yeah. So he comes out on on stage and he's like he's really playing it up for the crowd as this very right. arrogant pompous 
person, but like you knew he was having fun, right? And he yeah. he was like, "Tell me, Ottawa, I really expect to hear some intelligent questions from you." So I I happened to be the first one at the mic, and um, I said I I said I'd like to know a little bit about your relationship with with Brian Johnson of ACDC, and he's like, "What have you heard?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I said, well, I heard that you two were collaborating on a musical together. And he's like, wow, brilliant question, Ottawa. <laughs> and then he went on about um, how they had collaborated on this musical and, and it obviously didn't work. And But it was a, it was great. And then the, the next question was this woman who's, who, who got to the mic and said, I heard that Stanley Kubrick was difficult to work with. And he did similar to what your experience is. He's uh, like, oh, really? And and what project did you work with Kubrick on? Ah, uh, that's funny. And she just, you know, sulked away. Right. So I... Uh, but it sounds like, it sounds like there he was almost like defending him. Oh, no, she, he, he was, he was mad at her, I think, for uh, the, the presumption of like, you know, yeah. she had heard this rumor and, and let's ask him about it, whatever. Right. Yeah. So like... Yeah, so what I learned later is, in terms of, like, my little thing with him, is that he was definitely playing it up a little bit, but it's rooted in truth. Like, he is very angry at Stanley Kubrick for whatever oh. reason, and he got screwed out of money and all this stuff. And Interesting. It's Yeah. Well, but <laughs> going back to, like, you, so you, you meet him, and yeah. I'm sure over the course of time you've... I know, like, I have a friend who's a, a producer in Toronto, and yeah. he has always maintained, like, this air of, like, um, y- you don't want a fanboy around, around people. No, 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 no. But has there been somebody who you've kind of went, I can't really grasp that I'm in the same room pitching an idea or discussing an idea with this person? Um, interesting. Um... You know, it's funny. Not in the show business context. Okay. I have never felt um, overwhelmed in that way. But um, I was traveling with my um, first boy, and we were in. I think we were actually in Toronto, and we saw Billy D. Williams. Oh, okay. <laughs> And so, you know, I wasn't pitching him anything. It wasn't in a work context. Yeah. But I saw Billy D. Williams and I stopped in my, I mean, it's Billy D. Williams. Yeah. It's Lionel Calrissian for crying out loud. Yeah. Like I just stopped in my tracks and my son was like six at the time and he was like, who's that? And I was like, who is that? Who is that? <laughs> That's Lando. <laughs> so we went up, we went up and like we introduced ourselves and of course, Billy D. Williams, you know, was so used to that sort of thing happening. He knew exactly how to handle it and right. just played it perfectly. And but like, I was stammering. Like I was stammering. I couldn't get the words out properly. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I see. All your experiences are like not in the comic book convention world. Whereas I pay for my experience. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like a, a, I'm like a John, really. <laughs> so like, so you really, so you go to these, like, how many Comic Con type? Um, of shows have you been to? I've probably been to about 10. We used to go in Ottawa because yeah. um, it was so small and manageable. And then they started to, they right. actually got some really good guests. And then we started to go in DC because my right. son really loves them. Um, and uh, it's, it's a, I love it because it's a great bonding experience for the two of us. Right. 
But um, in Ottawa, I had an experience where I met um, Carl Weathers. Oh, wow. And oh, Carl Weathers. And I, I got teary-eyed <laughs> when I met yeah. him because I'm like, you were yeah. Apollo Creed. like. Yeah, he was Apollo Creed. You know, I mean, he was like a, I mean, I, I honestly feel like I love the Rocky series and I feel like it is a part of my childhood, like Star right. Wars, you know, yeah. like on the same, almost, yeah, almost on the same level. Yeah. So like I would have, I would have felt that way too. Yeah. If I saw Carl Weathers. But then but I the asked. the other thing is, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I asked him about um, Arrested Development and, and uh, I asked him how to make soup with just, a, a, you know, scraps of meat on a bone. And, um, huh. and he recited that whole recipe from Arrested Development. And it was just, it was wonderful. It was just magical. That's really funny. Um, sorry, you were going to say. But, here, but like, like, no, I was just saying, like, you know, in the course of living here, you know, I've been here 13 years now. And in the course of just, like, working on shows, but only working on shows, just, like, being out and about and going to restaurants and parties and meeting people, whatever, like you come across famous people and you kind of realize that they're, you know, it's a cliche or whatever, but they are, you know, just like us. Right. You know what I mean, at the end of the day, they are. Now, if, you know, if you don't live here and you, it, it's not like part of your almost daily routine, then it would feel like more of a big deal. Right. But, um, Actually, I've got an interesting story, kind of, about that, because when I first moved out here, I was uh, single, and I was, like, going out at, you know, to bars and clubs um, a lot more than I do now, and um, there were, I was at a nightclub, and there were these two, like, tourists, clearly tourist dudes, and they were looking at me, and I was like, why are these guys looking at me, and then they came up to me, they're like, hey, can we have your autograph, and I was like, What? They're like, yeah, come on, Mr. Baron Cohen, you know, please, like, we really love to have your And I was like, guys, I'm not him. They're like, yeah, 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 we know, we know you're not him, but could you please just sign, just sign. Like, they thought that I was him and lying about not being him. Oh so God. then um, I went to the bathroom and they followed me, they literally followed me into the bathroom and then I signed Sasha Baron, I just, I was like, all right, give me your thing. And I signed it as Sasha Baron Cohen as I was like, go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's great. I, I know what you look yeah. like, though, and I, I can't see the comparison. Yeah, it's, it depends, like... Is it the lighting? No, I, I do look like I'm, like, depending on, um, like, how, if my, how my beard is trimmed or okay. whatever. Okay, I do, I do, I can. I can I don't look like him right now, but I can look a lot like that guy for whatever reason. Okay. Yeah. How, um, are you, sorry, are you still a, a baseball fan? Yeah, I'm still a baseball fan, um, but, you know, it's interesting. Like, as some people get older, they become more into sports. Mm -hmm. And I have kind of drifted away from following, you know, the daily statistics and, and that sort of thing. And as I've gotten more into, you know, film and, like, I, I much more do that with my leisure time. I'd much prefer to watch, like, some weird Swedish independent movie or some like weird show on Netflix, then you know follow professional right. sports. Frankly, um, but the weird part is like you know at one point in my life, you know sports was a you know huge part of my life. Like I played college baseball, uh -huh. 
and then I um, I worked for the Ottawa Lynx. Oh, that's and right. And at one point, at one point, I was considering, um, you know, working in professional baseball as my career. But it's it's weird. I've kind of like drifted away from it. I still love playing sports, and I, you know, my my two my two sons are into sports. Um, but yeah, I've kind of kind of moved away from it. Yeah, I do remember you uh, being a ball player. I remember that. What were the links? Well, yeah, it's funny, like, just the things you remember about people <laughs> over, over time, and I remember that. Um, but getting, funny, yeah. getting back to the comedy thing, do you have yes. a, favorite, um, a favorite thing, a favorite, you know, a show or movie or, or comedian? Like, where do you draw from? Um, the Big Lebowski is... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite films of all time. Um, and uh, I have several comics that I really, really love. Um, I've gotten more into stand-up comedy in the last two years because around two years ago, I kind of had a man-in-the-mirror moment, and I was like, you know, I've had this sort of thing gnawing at me in the back of my mind for probably 10 or 15 years and I write jokes for other people like why am I such a wuss that I can't like go up on stage and try like my own stuff mm-hmm. you know like what is wrong with I was like what, what what am I so afraid of and um of course the answer to that is it is so scary the idea of doing that mm-hmm. if you've never done it before is absolutely mortifying and um you know, even for me when I was, you know, in the business and kind of mixing it up and like going to comedy clubs and stuff, it was still mortifying. So, but then I ran into a friend at a grocery store one night. By the way, just, it was such a, like a happenstance thing, really, as I was mentally thinking about, like, you know, I should really try this, who happened, this friend I ran into, she happened to teach a class that was for first-time comedians, and then the graduation, quote unquote, is a per, was a was and is a performance at the Hollywood Improv. Oh, okay. And so I was like, you know what? This is really incredible. Like, I can't believe I'm meeting you as I'm having these like machinations in my mind. And she was like, you have to take my goddamn class. I'm like, I'm signing up for your goddamn class tonight. <laughs> and I did, and I took her class, and. Um, that is, that's what it took to get me on the stage for the first time. You know, some people go to open mics, some people, um, whatever. There's like different ways you can do it. But for me, I was such a, like such a scaredy cat about doing it. I was so in my head that the only way I could do it was by taking my friend's class. And so I took a class and, um, yeah, it was like four Tuesday nights for two hours, and then the graduation was the following Sunday at the Hollywood Improv, and I will never, ever forget. Like, it's like etched in my mind, just I'm sitting in the very back. There's like 160 people, and like when you hear your name to go up for the first time, it's like you know it's too late because like you can't leave the building at that point. Right. It's like they've called your name. Right. You could actually leave the building at any point before that, but then when they called, they called my name. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> um, 
And uh, stop again. Stop me if I'm no, no. This is great. Detail, but um, yeah, like I remember hearing my name and winding my way through the crowd, and it was like it was probably eight seconds or seven seconds. Mm -hmm. But to me, it feel it felt like like maybe a minute. And um, yeah, it's funny the things you remember. And what what was the first joke? Never forget that moment. What was your opening joke? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I have no idea. I blacked out for the first minute. And, um, God, I should watch that tape again. Now, did the people, I, did the people in the audience that night, did they know it was a graduation or were they? Yes. So they what did? it is, is it's, it's, um, it's kind of billed as like a, a fresh faces of comedy show. And okay. so, they, but, but, but the woman who promotes it mixes in, you know, seasoned pros and like, and special, and you know, there's like two headliners at the end. So right. um, it's kind of more worth it for people because look, let's face it. Like some of the people that get up there, you know, are just okay. And mm-hmm. maybe even a little below that. <laughs> And so you've got to have like a show. And so you got to make sure it's stacked at the end with, um, with people who've done it before and yeah. like who are legit funny. Um, and but I, a similar experience actually, like just in terms of like something that was etched in my mind was my second ever performance ever was two weeks later at, uh, you know, the comedy store, right? On yep. Boulevard. Yep. So I'm in the comedy store, uh, you know, I was so nervous. I mean, not as nervous as my first time, but, you know, still nervous. And I get up and I'm like a minute into my six minute set. And I look in the front row and I see Bill Burr. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I was like, you've got to be effing kidding me right now. Like, I love Bill Burr. He is... To get back to your original question, yeah. he's one of my gods. Yeah. And um, so, like, again, it was probably two seconds. But in my mind, I went through this whole conversation, like, oh, my God, there's Will Burr. There's Will Burr. There's Will Burr. Yeah. There, well, what, wait, wait. What's your next joke? What's your next joke? Okay, switch it up. Switch it up. Do your good stuff right now because he's sitting there. <laughs> and then, like, I don't even know what I said. I don't even know what I said. I think I just kept going. But, um. Yeah, like my, my joke after that was, yeah, I just opened for Bill Burr. Because <laughs> he, um, he got up after me and like, he, he was obviously, you know, he just dropped in to like try out some new stuff. Right. In fact, the stuff that he tried out was the stuff that, I don't know, did you watch this? Are you a, a fan of him? Yeah, yeah, I, I watched his Netflix stuff. The most, yeah. the most recent one um, where he's in, uh, it was from London, England. Yes. He was trying, he, he was, he was trying some stuff out for the, before that special but yeah i was just like oh my god of all the people my second time bill burr what i actually (laughs) um in ottawa before we moved here for about 10 or 12 years i volunteered at the blues fest and near the near the end they of the like near the end of my time volunteering there they would bring comedians in from it usually coincided with just for laughs so they would bring some comedians from Montreal over, and um, Bill Burr was was performing one night. Yeah, and I had to drive him back to the hotel, so I'm backstage waiting for him, and 
Weird, so Weird Al was going to be the next act on that stage. So Weird Al was back there. And Bill Burr finishes, comes off stage, sees Weird Al. They start talking. And I overhear this exchange. Uh, Weird Al says to him, can I get your auto, or, sorry, can I get your address? I'd really like to send you a Christmas card. Huh. And I thought if if I could get a Christmas card from anybody, I think it would yeah. I would want it to be from Weird Al. Weird Al, God, that is unbelievable. Like what he's a, still doing it too, Weird Al. He's still doing yeah, it. Yeah. What a great exchange though. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Uh, and and then and I know my computer's gonna crap out on me in a minute, so I want okay. to get this in. But yeah, yeah. you were gonna be in Ottawa you were supposed to be in Ottawa doing stand up at Yuck Yucks. I was in Ottawa doing stand up. Oh, you did house. it. You you really yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I I wasn't sure if you made it there before the big corona lockdown. Yeah, it was um I I had to come in that weekend cuz my dad turned 80. Wow. And uh and um wild horses like weren't going to stop me from seeing him. Mm-hmm. And so the truth is like yeah, I mean I definitely thought about canceling that trip and uh, my dad was almost like, you know, you really shouldn't come. Like, you know, I don't want you to make it all about me anyway. You know, like don't come to Ottawa. There's not, it's not even a direct flight. You got to connect. And you got, I'm like, dad, you're turning 80 for Christ's sake. Yeah. So anyways, I, I come and, um, and I do, I show up at Yuck Yucks and uh, my friend uh, runs the night. His name is Mark Hatfield. Okay. And uh, he used to play in the NFL and the CFL and now is a fireman slash comedian. And he's absolutely off his rocker okay. and hilarious. And I've known him since we were like 15. But um, yeah, he just whipped the crowd into a frenzy. And then he sent me up there. I think I went like fourth or fifth. And I've never been in front of a crazier, drunker crowd in my life. What? Okay. It was insane. People were sending me shots in the middle of my routine. Um, I felt like I could have read poetry and people would have like lapped it up. Like it was so, it was just, the crowd was so warm and I just had such a blast. And the cool part is I totally roasted my dad from stage. Oh, okay. So your dad was there. Okay. He was there. Yeah. He came, he came and, um, yeah, I roasted him. He (laughs) he appreciated it. He loved it. Yeah. 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 He loved it. I mean, you know, listen, it was like, when I say roast, it was like, Toast verging on roast. Like right. it wasn't like a Comedy Central roast. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was really fun. So um, I'm, I'm really glad I made it because uh, uh, I don't even know that I would get back in the country right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Do you ever happen to make it out to the uh, the east in the Washington, D.C. area? Not that there's anything going on here. <laughs> um, I haven't. Uh, I, I don't really get out there too, too often. Well, if too, you too do. Often. If you do look, if me I do, up. I'll yeah, of course I'll look. Yeah, boy, we'll hang out. Yeah. Um, how long have you? How, wait, how long have you lived there? We moved. We moved here in uh, August of 2016, and a friend of mine who lives here said yeah. to me before we moved, he said, "You do realize there's a 30 percent chance that Donald Trump can become president?" Huh. And I said, "Ah, 30 percent. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take those odds." Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And so, why why did you move? Uh, we moved. My wife uh, is in high tech, and she okay. was recruited by a guy who she knew to work in um, Tyson's Corner, oh, okay, which is known for its mall, yep. and 
and so we moved and we chose this town called Reston because it was the yeah. last property my wife looked at huh. uh, to rent and it worked out great. We're 20 minutes from DC. Great. Um, we've actually seen some, who did we see? We saw John Mulaney. Oh, I love, oh yeah, he's, that was, I mean, great, just yeah. so, so smart and such a crisp comedy writer. Yeah, that was one of the shows where I was like, I, I'm going to throw up. Like, I'm laughing <laughs> so hard. Yes, totally. And I'm trying to think who else we saw, because that's the nice thing about, I mean, well, you know, you're in, you're in Los Angeles, but the nice thing about, like, being near a big city, because Ottawa was great, we'd get some people, but, like, yeah. I mean, before all of this, any night of the week, you could go into D.C. and, and there's something going on. Um, but now there's obviously nothing going on, but I'm trying to think, I know we saw Mulaney. I thought we saw another comedian, but whatever. I'm not a big fan. Are you a fan of like the, the arena shows for comedy? Um, not really. I, I'm, I'm a more, I'm more a fan of, uh, of, of intimate shows. Yeah. 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 Like small theaters. Yeah. Yeah, like comedy to me was like I would see those video, like the the movies of I'm mean, I'm thinking like Kevin Hart. You'll see like performing yeah. at like you know the Verizon Center, and I'm like I I just find comedy gets lost when it's in a building that size. But yeah, um, but you know what? Kudos to comedians who can fill those seats yeah. because like there's no overhead. Like yeah. there's like a stool, there's some water. Yeah, <laughs> there's a mic, there's a PA system, and like. It's not like a rock show with yeah. pyrotechnics, you know, and like 80, 80 employees or whatever. I don't know now if, you know, oh no, I actually saw just for laughs, the festivals have been moved, but before huh. all of this happened, Bill Burr had, um, I, he tweeted out, uh, he's performing at the Bell Center in Montreal on whatever wow. the date was, uh, pre-sale code Bruins. Bruins. Oh, that's really funny. What a, what a great troll. <laughs> What Isn't that fantastic? Troll. Yeah, it's, that's a great troll. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And the Twitter responses after that were exactly what you said. Yeah, of course. What a great troll. Listen, Jay Shore, give my best John, to uh, to your dad. I will. And, and uh, me and me, you. I absolutely will. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's been oh, great listen. catching up. Thanks for having me on, man. All right, take care. Hi, take care. Bye. 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 That was great, wasn't it? I told you I was going to say that, but it really was. It was uh, it was nice to chat with him, and as always, it's nice to chat with you guys. I, look, I hope um, you know. I hope that everybody is is uh, washing their hands and wearing their gloves and staying safe and all of that stuff because this is just ridiculously unprecedented. And um, I like to go to bed at night every night knowing that where I live in in Virginia that the leader of the country has everybody's best interest at heart. I would like to go to bed at night knowing that, but I think we all know that's just a load of shit. So um, thank you for listening. This week coming up, we have, uh, if you're celebrating Easter, I wish you a happy Easter. Uh, if you're celebrating Passover, I wish you a uh, happy Passover. And it's going to be a difficult uh, time this year to have satyrs. I know a lot of people are Zooming or FaceTiming or whatever. Um, I also want to wish my friend uh, Andrea and her husband Mike and their children 
uh, Dylan and Dahlia a muzzle tov. Dahlia had her but mis- bus misva last weekend. And uh, it was coincidentally the anniversary of my bar mitzvah. I'm 49, so it was 36 years ago that I got up there and, and, you know, sang my heart out and did a great job, if I do say so myself. (laughs) But um, enough complimenting me. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, It has been Too Lazy to Write with your host, me, The Real John Baker. You could find me on my website, the number two, the word lazy, the number two, the word write.com. On Twitter, I am at The Real John Baker. Um, and on Facebook, we're probably friends. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear gloves. Wear a face mask. You know, even when masturbating, it's it's best to wear a glove. Okay? That's my thought for the day. Take care. Bye. Too lazy to ride. We're